The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never going to be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee! Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Hey everybody, we are here with Bob McCune, and he is a local San Diego artist, an adventurer. Hey Bob, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, now, I actually met Bob because Bob was my very first table mate at uh, Comic Fest. And uh, yeah, that was the, the very first show, like convention, I ever did. And uh, yes, and he, he was awesome. So I kept coming back because, yeah. That, that that was a very traumatizing experience for me. I don't like being around people. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that was my third show yeah, ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you do a lot of conventions, I guess not right now, but you are you are part of Comic-Con at home, are you not? Uh, yeah, I am. They um, basically converted everyone who was an exhibitor uh, to an at-home exhibitor, um, mm-hmm. and they're basically... Uh, providing links to everyone's various social media and web stores. Very cool. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, how, how has this, uh, well, the Corona, um, ha- has it impacted you? Have, are you still making sales from people that you would be making at comic fest normally? Are you still able to interact with people? How does, how does that work? Uh, well, my, basic online presence Mm -hmm. hasn't really um ever been like a major component so i'm curious how the uh funneling from comic-con will work Uh, maybe i'll see some boosts um i typically do better at an actual show Mm -hmm. um because i am more that like oddity that you find that you're not necessarily looking for but then you see it and go oh hey that's cool um but it's not necessarily something you would Go right. specifically to <laughs> right so yeah and your artwork is is very unique you you sort of do a lot of like mashups of like popular culture and classic comic book characters and um it, it is like you said that that kind of unexpected oddity that you find like you go through and people have a hundred different variations of harlequin and then you have you and <laughs> you have just like these uh i own several of your pieces i i own an aquaman as the little mermaid and uh the uh, impractical jokers as the various jokers from the film and how do you come up with sort of your ideas do they just spring into your head or what's the process? um they do sometimes just spring into my head mm-hmm. like i'll just be like oh hey that's a clever idea um sometimes they gestate a while like 
um, like I'll have like the basic concept and I'll be trying to figure out what to mix it with necessarily because I do a lot of mashups. Um, so it's like, all right, what works with, say, um, actually, like I have a new piece for Comic-Con at home. It's a uh, stormtrooper um, standing a, on, on top of the Imperial crest a la Hamilton. So it's like a Hamilton Star Wars mashup. Um, and I did it with the Stormtrooper specifically because they're always missing their shots. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton's, I am not going to throw away my shot. So uh, it was a good <laughs> duality. Yeah. Um, so, so if I can find an interesting angle, that's usually when I attack. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah. And when did you first start like did you start as like a classical artist or did you just have like a overwhelming interest in comic books and animation what what sort of got you into this field um well they will totally deny it but i credit my aunt and uncle with starting me on the road um when i was seven and in the first grade i was living with them for like a year Mm -hmm. um and my aunt was a teacher of the school, and my uncle was the principal of the school. So they always had a bunch of stuff to do after school. Um, and there I am, a little seven-year-old, um, taking up space. So they tossed me in an after-school art program to, you know, keep me busy while mm-hmm. they do whatever teachers and principals do after school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that sort of planted the seed um and then in grade school is when like my friends were getting into comics and i got into comics and just kind of piggyback from there hey, cool what is the first comic that you remember really having an inspirational effect on you um well i go back and forth between what's the first comic i've read which was mm-hmm. either an old school uh archie teenage mutant ninja turtles hmm. um like in, like basically in my mind's eye, I recall having that before the other one that gets a lot of credit too, uh, which is uh, the Infinity War um, saga, the follow-up to Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, I very distinctly remember it was like fourth grade, I was sitting in class, and the kid across from me um, was all like, hey man, you should read Infinity War. And I'm like, "What? what is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was all the Marvel superheroes fighting evil doppelgangers of themselves. He let me read his copies. I got my own copies. And that sort of cascaded into uh, my ever-growing comic book collection that will one day fall on top of me, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but very cool. So what are your favorite titles right now? Um, at the current moment... Uh, actually, I'm kind of in between mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff. Um, when the, um, like a few years back, when the New 52 uh, at DC happened, right. uh, they put one of my favorite artists on Batman. So I got every issue of that. Um, and who is your favorite artist? Um, well, I have several. Uh, but, but yeah, basically that one in particular was uh, Greg Capullo. Okay. Um, he came up under Todd McFarlane on Spawn mm-hmm. and um, he has kind of a dark edgy style and um, they put him on Batman for the new 52 and I just crashed hard into that. Uh, but that ended right now I'm doing a lot of like indie comics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
saga stopped, but I was reading that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of whatever grabs my fancy when I'm at the comic book store, really. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. So that that's a good way to be. You're always kind of experiencing something new. So um, do you remember like any kind of uh, like, like, was there a moment that you said that this is kind of what I want to do? Uh, like, like versus anything else. And, and I'm, I'm like most artists, you have a side job, I'm sure, but, um, that, that you really wanted to dedicate yourself to creating these images. Uh, was it the reaction you got from people? Was it just, that's where your heart was? What was it? Um, well, I got into comics right around the time of the image boom, Mm -hmm. which had I been 10 15 years older, um, I probably could have got my foot in the door because mm. uh, at that time it was every artist come on in. Um, and I want to say the seed was planted around that time. Um, and then I kind of, it was always in the back of my head, hey, I'd like to draw comics like all through school and high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of been the ongoing goal. <laughs> yeah. And you talked about uh, artists that you really like. Um, what are some artists that you really dislike, and what are some trends that you're seeing in like comic book creation that really don't sit well with you? Mm, let's see. Dislike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to put necessarily anyone on blast. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess just like in general, like, are, are there any kind of like artistic trends that you see or have seen come in and out that uh, you, you really don't like or storytelling trends, things that people lean on too heavily? Um, well, as far as storytelling, um, since the um, explosion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed a lot of companies try to gear the comics to match the films mm-hmm. um, and kind of make them more... Um, like a singularity, I guess, between right. each other. Um, like, because like basically the Marvel universe, like Iron Man, was not a top tier hero until no. the films. Uh, but now, in the comics, he's the big cheese. So, <laughs> um, just like that, I, I mean, I get why they do it. It's to help push the books. But at the same time, the books were doing well before the movies. Mm-hmm. So, do we need to be cross-pollinating them, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So just kind of like it, it, keep it as two separate entities versus yeah. just, yeah, but just feeding into it. But I, I guess, yeah, like you're saying, I, I do understand it sometimes. that Some people, that's their, their only experience with that. They don't really read the comics and then they get into the comics through the movie. So they expect the characters to be consistent. But yeah, they, they were their own thing. And <laughs> they, they don't need to be. So, yeah. Um, now, when you do conventions and stuff like that, are, are you naturally just the kind of a person who uh, enjoys that, enjoys that social gregariousness, who enjoys that interplay with people? Um, yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely like doing them. And when I do connect with someone who might be interested, like, that's a good back and forth, but at the same time, I'm not the best salesman of myself. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the one standing outside my booth saying, Hey, come here, look at this. I am more just kind of hanging back. And if someone likes what they see, I'll engage, but 
Yeah, you're not barking and drawing them yeah. in, that kind of thing. Which I, I've seen people do that, and I don't know that it's that effective. Because I think uh, with just sp- specifically with the comics community, you're dealing with people who are a little more introverted. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when somebody's like, come on over, then they're just like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I will. But uh, that's it's it's an interesting crowd. Um, now, talking about the convention scene and stuff like that, like uh, when... Now you were my my first table mate, and uh, probably because you were so cool and so funny and uh, so easy to get along with, I continued doing those shows. And also with Vince Alvendia, uh, who yep. was your your booth babe at the time, and he's been on the show. Um, but uh, so so for me, it's it's always really difficult. But um, what are some things that you're you've seen at conventions and stuff like that 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 really have gotten you excited about being in the industry and then and then likewise things that occur at conventions that you're like oh we we need to knock that off. So. Um, well, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is a lot of uh, fan art which I myself would categorize myself as at the present time, sure. um, and sometimes. And sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's like, really, you're just doing cheesecake pinups of mm-hmm. all these superheroines. It's like, um, I would like to see, even in myself, like more original content being front and display. But generally, that's not what lures people in mm-hmm. at the shows. They tend to gravitate towards properties they know, so it's harder to push an original project. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've noticed, too. I I feel like people come uh, to those conventions a lot of time, not because they're just are fans of comics in general, but because they're fans of one character that they may be found through a TV show or a movie. And they're looking for stuff from that one character. So you you kind of have to have your finger on the pulse and say, like, okay, Harley's hot right now. So let's just do Harley in a whole bunch of scenarios. But um I don't know. Um, like the the stuff you do, I think it, it it sort of broaches that where it it's tying in popular culture. It's tying in the current zeitgeist uh, with you know various TV shows, uh, various memes. You have the saga cat, the lie cat uh, that mm-hmm. you tie in with, and I don't know the name of the meme, but the the woman pointing frantically at the cat at the table. So, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I own, and I like that one a lot. Um, but uh, I, I think that's uh, now. Was that a conscious decision on on your part to say like, okay, let let's just kind of draw that in, or, or or was that more just like you just came into it and it's it's what you do and you love it? Um, well, I grew up on a lot of uh, parody and mm-hmm. comedy. Like I am a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan, yeah. um, and I enjoyed all the classic parody films like airplane mm-hmm. um naked gun those sort of things uh not the recent ones uh, like disaster movie and that right. twilight one that they did um that are just regurgitating recent references yeah. uh, but, but, but like the classic uh parodies um so that's kind of where i started because i just like parodies that's what i like um and i had started with doing like film poster knockoffs um, but then I realized there aren't a lot of iconic posters nowadays. Like yeah. most of them are 80s and before. And um, also the current audience keeps getting younger and younger. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have one 
in my thing of the classic X-Men in the Breakfast Club pose. And I actually do recall when I did it, I showed it to one of my day job friends. And I was all like, isn't this cool? And they did not know the Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, all right, so why am I doing movie posters? Uh, which is why with the basic saga, um, Lion Cat, woman yells at cat meme i was like <laughs> well i could do the memes um so that's where that one came from <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think that that seems to be kind of the, the 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 way that people are communicating now is is uh whereas before we would have like commercials or movie posters or things that that were everybody knew and everybody could recite and now it's becoming more simplistic more compact like the memes just this burst of information that was funny on to the next kind of thing and so you you kind of have to keep up with that um (laughs) i i think it is uh pretty interesting but what you said about fan art i've noticed too is uh because i i do an original comic and i'll do like uh, original works and those almost never sell people are not interested in that they're they're interested in the things that they know and uh things that are familiar to them uh, do you think that there's any way, um, like for, for newer artists who are coming onto the scene, newer comic book artists, um, do you think it's just luck or do you think that there, there's ways in which to draw people in and to, to get people's interest, uh, without necessarily, um, you, you, you employing, uh, other people's characters or things like yeah. that? Yeah. Um, well, uh, basically talent will Mm -hmm. eventually win out at the end of the day either way if you got the skills you'll eventually get seen get noticed Mm -hmm. um that being said it's uh basically my approach has been how do i get noticed since Mm -hmm. i'm nobody i don't socialize with the big wigs at all the major comic entities um so it's like how do i get seen how do i get noticed and that's kind of why I. That's kind of why I do the fan art. Mm-hmm. Um, is because people like Batman, they like Spider Man, um, they like all these properties they know and love. Um, so, like, basically, my approach has been try to get them in with that, um, and then once there are people that are actually kind of just following me because they like my style, yeah, not necessarily that I did these characters doing this uh but like once i get like a good chunk of those i could be like hey here's my own thing yeah what uh, whatever that might be down the road and then they might be like oh let me take a look and then maybe from there they can spread the word of mouth hopefully <laughs> yeah absolutely so i remember my first foray into kind of the comic book universe uh other than my parents reading things to me was probably batman the animated series for me was yeah uh and my my favorite character from that was harlequin who who now is considered canon but back in the day was considered yeah that that's not a real character um do you remember a character or um a series or anything like that is there a character that you have a real affinity for that you really enjoy drawing or you just really enjoy the storyline of uh well i'm definitely a huge batman fan Mm -hmm. in general um i definitely gravitate towards that but i don't really draw him all that much Mm. um 
That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have one in particular that stands out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Nat, which which Batman is your? Do you like? Do you like the Frank Miller Batman? Do you like the classic Kane Batman? What what kind of what incarnation of Batman do you love? Um. Well, like it's weird in my mind. Like every incarnation of Batman kind of coexists with an others. Mm-hmm. So like they're all valid in my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> to a certain to a certain degree. Um as far as my favorites, I definitely love the nineteen nineties animated series. Mm-hmm. Um that hit me at the right age. Um and I mean I enjoyed the Burton Schumacher films at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh that was before comic book films really got good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um definitely like the Dark Knight film um and then for the comics i like jim lee's interpretation and greg capullo's run mm-hmm. hey cool so now as an artist um with with um, the pandemic coming on uh how, how do you uh, of course conventions and things like that are uh severely limited by you know the, the lack of social interaction and things like that um what do you think that artists, uh, like what direction do you feel like artists should be moving in uh, now that that's going online? Do you feel like there's potential for people to uh, like regain an interest through uh, viewing on the internet and uh, find new artists or do you, do you feel like it's more limiting than anything else? I would say overall mm-hmm. um, it might be more limiting. I mean, again, for me, I'm kind of that oddity that you find at the Mm -hmm. convention um but um as a whole i think it's kind of limiting just because a lot of the social media platforms have kind of watered down their ability to get people noticed like uh i basically joined instagram like right before they introduced the facebook algorithms Mm -hmm. so like when I first joined, I was like, wow, I'm getting hundreds of likes. And then the Facebook algorithms kicked in. And now if I get 20, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there was a better social media platform geared specifically for artists. Maybe that would work. Um, I mean, there was DeviantArt back in the day, but mm-hmm. even that's kind of run its course. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do uh, have a DeviantArt page. I don't know, even know if I remember the login for it. But uh, I, I felt like uh, when I came into it, it, it was sort of being overrun by fetish type stuff. And so mm-hmm. you, you'd have a lot of requests for like, can you draw Harlequin pooping on a balloon or something? And you're just <laughs> like, I guess I can. It's really what I want to draw. Um, do you take a lot of commissions that are uh, kind of peculiar or things like that? And and what are some of the ones that have been the most interesting that you've done? Um, well, I definitely try to always say yes um, mm-hmm. during a commission um, just because, A, it will broaden my base in theory, um, and B, if it's something odd, you know, it's a challenge. I can learn from it. Um, if it's something unique or something I haven't drawn before, I get that experience. Experience is always good. Mm-hmm. Practice makes perfect. Um, as far as the most odd, um, I would have to say that's our good old pal Gordon, who you've also done a couple commissions for. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, he definitely has his unique tastes. <laughs> um, 
definitely is a fan of mermaids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the f- I have done two for him. Uh, in the first, I was just like, what? <laughs> um, just because he's very part- particular, but mm-hmm. that's actually kind of good because a lot of commissions, as I'm sure you know, um, people are just like, oh, I want uh, Batman. It's like, do you want him doing anything? Do you want... <laughs> uh, whereas, uh, whereas basically our mutual friend Gordon, he's very particular. He's like, I want this mermaid. She needs to be wearing this. I want her looking like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is helpful. Uh, especially when, when I do, uh, covers for people and stuff like that. Um, sometimes people just give you free reign and they're happy with whatever you turn out. And then other times they really don't mean to give you free reign. They actually have something in mind, but they, they just want you to be able to glean that from the look in their eye, I suppose. And yeah. so then you, you turned in something and they're like, no, I, I was really hoping for seeing so-and-so in a ball gown. It's like, well, that would have been something you could have mentioned, but I guess not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, what are your struggles uh, being an independent artist that, that you're not with a, a firm or anything like that? What are some of the struggles that you've found? Uh, and then so, some of the things that really just make it all worthwhile for you as well. Um, as far as struggles, I mm-hmm. think it is a bit more in the uh, networking realm. Yeah. Um, cause if I was on contract with someone per se, um, you know, that gets your foot in more doors. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the flip side of that, I've been blessed with, uh, anytime I've done a convention, I'm usually next to someone pretty cool. Um, there's only one or two instances where I'm like, eh, but <laughs> Uh, for the most part, I've I've become friends with almost everyone I've tabled next to or near, um, and it's kind of a rising tide. Like we're all on different stages of our artistic journeys, if yeah. you will. Um, so um, basically, if there's a person who's like a step or two ahead of me, I get to kind of backdoor to be like, oh, that's how that's done. Okay, yeah. that is how you get someone published or that's how you network with this entity over here. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like looking behind the curtain to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I found is that, uh, that one of my degrees when I went back to school was uh, for art and multimedia and that kind of thing. Uh, but there, there's so much that they just don't teach you. Because the industry is constantly changing. So I, I feel like that is learning from your peers is so much a huge part of being part of that, uh, you know, the art community, uh, comic book community, things like mm-hmm. that. What are some things that you've picked up from people um, it, or, or things that you've like said, yeah, Ollie, I will never do that. <laughs> um, well, back in the early aughts um mm-hmm. like um there was that whole web comics explosion yes um and i knew really really basic html and i was like well i can draw i have photoshop i can make a web page um so i made my own web comic which was horrible and <laughs> i think i had maybe 10 diehard followers which are all very close friends um but it was still a learning experience i was learning kind of the method and everything um i did actually make a friend over the internet because Mm -hmm. of it i 
not sure who stumbled across whose page, but he sent me a message. Um, and he was doing cons, kind of what I'm doing now. And um, we were talking, and he's like, you should do cons. And I'm like, well, how do I do cons? (laughs) And he's like, well, you apply, and most of the time you cough up some money, and usually they let you in. Um, And he lives in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, But he was looking at San Diego Comic-Con, and he's like, okay, if – and he was looking at the application, and he's like, if I am reading this right, if uh, basically, if you apply before this date, it's free. And I'm like, yeah, but that's San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no way I'm getting in San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, he was one of the ones who kept pushing me. He's like, ah, just apply. The worst thing that can happen is you don't get in, and you're right where you are now. Right. Um, so I kept applying and my very first con was actually the 2015 San Diego Comic-Con. So (laughs) I don't know how I got in per se, but (laughs) that's awesome. But that is what started that road and that journey. And then like, it was a bug like that bit me after that first show. And Mm -hmm. I started looking into other cons around and I was like, okay, well this one's nearby and, it's only twenty five dollars to get in, or this one's in North County, and it's only fifty. I could do that. I got fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what's the farthest you've traveled for a con? Um, the farthest I've gone presently mm-hmm. is Anaheim for WonderCon. Okay. Um, basically, I justify it of. Uh, because I kind of have a general idea how much I do in sales. So it's like, all right, can I justify travel expense and everything costs, whatever new I'm bringing? Um, can I cover that with my projected sales? And if the answer is yes, I'll go and look into it. Um, it helps if I have a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> in these out-of-town places, like a couch I can sleep on or a family member. Sure. Um, and I'm thinking of crossing state lines in the near future if uh, coronavirus lets us right. do this again. <laughs> so, where, where are you thinking of going, if we may ask? Um, well, I got family in Oregon, so mm-hmm. I might look into uh, like Portland area. Oh, very cool. I know they do some cons. Um, mm-hmm. And I have again, made friends with people I've tabled with in the past. And I know people in like Arizona, that's not too far. So it's like, Hey, so it's like, Hey, what is a good show in Phoenix? And he tells me, and then I see if it's worth the money and go go from there. (laughs) Very cool. So do you, do you change your art, what you put out? For different cons, like uh, knowing that there's going to be like a younger crowd or a more family crowd or knowing that there's going to be more of like a horror themed crowd, or do you just kind of let the people find you? Um, Right now, I kind of just let them find me. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a period, I want to say 2017, 18, right around the time we met, actually, where I was just like, okay, what's the big movie coming out? Okay, what can I do with that? And it was beginning to feel a little... Uh, robotic in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so, um, tail end of 2019 and 
what I had planned for 2020 is more just going back to I'm going to draw what interests me and connect it that way. Because before when I was catering, as it were, Mm -hmm. I don't think the end product necessarily worked as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just your heart wasn't in it. (laughs) Yeah. That's the frustration point that I think a lot of artists have is that uh, like like conventions or putting your art out there, uh, being commercial, uh, it, it goes so much against what, you know, like being an artist is about finding that inspiration, like hitting that sweet spot where you're like, oh, God, I'm really feeling this picture versus like sometimes you just have to sit there and force yourself to do something because you're like, look, I know people are going to want this and and uh, how do you fight against that? Or <laughs> you just sit down and make yourself do it or what? Um, yeah, that is basically what I was doing when I was just mm-hmm. churning out whatever the new popular thing was. It's like, okay, um, well, Aqua, well uh, Aquaman's coming out. Apparently it's going to be good. What can I do with Aquaman? Yeah. I was like, oh, let's fix it with a little mermaid. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually one of the better ones, but I still felt like I was catering at the time because sure. like I was planning it for a convention like a month after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh, let's get that Aquaman money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. But, uh, yeah, I, and, and I own that piece and it's still one of my, one of my favorite pieces that it yeah. holds a, place of pride up on my art wall which you, you can't see because we don't have lights in the apartment but um you know creature of darkness and all but uh yeah so what does the future hold sort of uh for you and your artwork and uh i i guess uh, unfortunately we're in a really weird tricky time but uh what what do you see yourself gravitating towards moving towards in the future um I definitely am leaning more towards, like I said, what interests me mm-hmm. as opposed to chasing the popularity. Um, so I don't, I guess more personal in a way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So where can people find you if they want to check out your artwork, want to get in touch with you? Uh, if you're accepting commissions where they can move that forward through. Uh, well, I am um, at Bob draws stuff at pretty much any social media platform um and then if that doesn't work for you you can just go to bobdrawstuff.com and i have links to all the various platforms Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, from that site um yeah simple easy to remember (laughs) and you sell t-shirts of your artwork too um i do um they're um, there is a site called uh, TeePublic. They do print-on-demand shirts, and I've uploaded a couple of designs to them. Um, not recently. I should probably put some new ones up, um, especially before Comic-Con at Home starts. <laughs> right, right. So. <laughs> Very cool. So, well, good luck to you at Comic-Con at Home. I, I hope that goes well. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully applying for the 2021, and, and maybe I'll see you in person there yeah. if everything clears up. Yeah, um, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, thank you so much, Bob. Uh, is there anything else that you want to, uh, like a, a message that you want to leave our listeners with before you go? Um, and the aspiring artists who might be listeners, um, definitely just keep practicing. Um, even if you are told your stuff's horrible and you'll never amount to anything, just keep 
grinding at it. Yeah. Um, I find eventually you do find your audience, um, whether it's big or small, eventually people find you. So that's true. Keep... That's kind of one of the great things about the internet is that, that, that <laughs> the audience finds you that you don't have to curtail yourself so much anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you so much, Bob. And I will talk to you later. Have yeah. a nice evening. Yeah, All thanks. Right. Hey, take <laughs> Bye. care. Bye. Special thanks to the always exciting Bob McCune. Thank you for being on the show, Bob. Now you can catch Bob on his website, bobdrawstuff.com. And you can check him out on Twitter, at bobdrawstuff. You can check him out on Facebook, at robert.mccune. Or, if you're so inclined, Instagram, at bobdrawstuffagain. On Tumblr, bob-draws-stuff.tumblr.com. Get a load of them on YouTube at user slash geoazriel. And that's youtube.com user slash geoazriel. Of course, all these are going to be in the description below. Buy his art on Etsy slash shop slash bobdrawstuff. And that is etsy.com slash shop slash bobdrawstuff. Or take Bob wherever you go with his t-shirts available on tpublic slash user slash drawsiness. That is tpublic.com slash user slash drawsiness. Special thanks to that rapscallion Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer who we could not start the show without because he does the intro. And thank you to Ethan McSell, composer of the Umine theme, Demilitarized Zone, which we love. I love it. You can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap to help support the show with a monthly donation, or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap for small one-time donations, whichever works out for you, you know? You can go to lostbreadcomic.com to buy my comics, to buy my art, and so much more. We're going to hopefully be coming up with new stuff pretty soon, but you can also commission an original work of your own, and that's some new stuff. So you should do that. Do that, because that's how I get paid. Also, follow us. Follow us on all our social media. And while you're there, check out Creeping Wave Radio. It's our original audio drama series that ties into the Lost Red comic world and the world of the U-Mind. And so you'll probably like it. I mean, if you like this and you like interesting, fun things. Look, you're never going to know if you like it or not if you don't listen to it. So just listen to it. There's a link at lostbreadcomic.com, or you can go to creepingwave.com. That also will work, and you can check it out where, where all podcasts are available. We should be on Creeping Wave Radio. Just search for it. It's amazing, and if you do like it, you're in luck because our new season is coming out in October if everything goes right. It's 2020, so very little has gone right yet, but we're going to make this happen, <laughs> hopefully. But you know what? Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Whatever it is you are doing at this very moment. And a very special thanks to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and the lovable Neil. Because they are our Patreons and they make it happen. Your name could be here at the end of the show if you become a Patreon. That's a little bonus for you. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucidnat Productions in cooperation with the scary old man. I'm not that scary. I'm scared of you. 
You don't have to find an interdimensional saloon to have a pint of alien beer with me, Chrissy Garrison. Just tune into my alien beer podcast each Thursday, and I'll share my speculative fiction stories with you. And every other week, I'll be serving up a new installment in my science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. Meanwhile, catch up with me at sillyhatbooks.com slash podcast. See you there. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.